Well, we've had a phenomenal week uh, here of not only just a week in general, but um, God's been doing a lot. We uh, had a great weekend with our, uh, a lot of you volunteers and leaders came out to our weekend for Refresh, and uh, so we had a great team from, uh, from Global Awakening uh, with us, and so they're here. Why don't you guys stand up? We just want to acknowledge you. This is uh, Mark, Amanda, Trevor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, uh, they were just able to really, uh, you know, our job, and we say this all the time in the church, love God, love people. And to do that, we want to see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. So the God did a, a real work on us, just really equipping us and empowering us and using them to align to his truth and his word and, and how, helping us stand on the authority that Christ has given to us, that he died to give us. Amen? And so it's been a good weekend with them. And, uh, and then Awaken, which is our youth ministry, it's 6th through 12th grade. And so if we have students in there that haven't been to Awaken, uh, you got to come out. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing time. And so this week, they had March Madness Glow Night. And uh, they had uh, 56 kids, nine new first-time comers came out to Awaken. And so the team with Pastor Brian, they did a phenomenal job. And so, in fact, here's a little, I know you don't get to see what happens at Awaken, but you got to see they learned how to be rooted in Christ. That was the theme, and that's what they learned that night. And so here's a little uh, snapshot of what happened last Wednesday. There you go. It's always a blast over there. Always learning, so growing. It's good. <clears throat> well, I'm excited about today's message. I hope you are as well. You ready to receive the word? All right. If you got your Bibles, hold them up there. Digital, hard copy. It doesn't matter. It's all the living word of God, right? And so, um, the last service, uh, we had five commitments to Christ, five salvations last weekend or last last service, and so, um, you know, not that I'm challenging you to beat the five. All I'm saying is. Let's just get ready for the word today. It's going to be good. Galatians is a, is a great book in the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles, open to Galatians chapter 1. Uh, that's where we're going to begin today. Um, now, this is uh, what's called expository preaching. I, I love expository teaching. I love just taking the word and preaching from the word and allowing God to use that. So this series will go all the way to Easter. So we'll, we'll be in Galatians from now through Good Friday. Uh, and then we're going to start our Easter series called It's Me. You know, I just love it when Jesus just shows up. It was always an amazing time when he just would... Show up on a donkey, walk through a door, roll out of the tomb. You know what I mean? Like all those great moments. Those are, that's, so that's what we're going to be looking at in our Easter series. Uh, but today I want to look at Galatians, and we're going to look at chapter 1. We're only going to be in chapter 1 today, uh, but really I just want to give you some, uh, some history. Maybe you're new to the Bible. Maybe this is new to you, and, and, and I pray it is. I'm glad you're here. There's, there's a reason why God brought you here. Uh, but the Bible is 66 books, right? It's, it's accumulated. There's many writers, but one of the writers is Paul. And so Galatians, let me just give you some, some facts on Galatians. Um, so a lot of times when you read books of the Bible, like especially in the New Testament and Paul's writings, uh, Paul writes to many churches in different areas. Those are called his epistles. Uh, these are different missionary journeys, different churches he's planted. And so uh, Galatians is, is a little bit unique, and I'll go back to that. But there's other books that Paul's written. Uh, he wrote 80% of the New Testament, but he wrote like Philippians. Philippians was written to the church of Philippi, which is a city, right? So Philippi is a city, and the Philippian church is in that city, much like Westridge is in Coriopolis. 
Well, we're not really sure where we are, but that's, that's our city. That's the name of our city. We're not even near Coriopolis, but that's, that's where we are, right? So like that, most of the books about when you read that, Ephesians is written to the church of Ephesus. It's a city. Now, Galatians is a little different. It's not a city. It's actually an area. It's a, it's a, a broad region uh, in the area of, of Asia and Asia Minor. So let me show you a map. And uh, you may understand this now because of what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and the Black Sea, right? You're hearing a lot about the Black Sea. You're hearing a lot about, uh, you know, Ukraine. Uh, so Ukraine is just north of the Black Sea here. Uh, so if you were to look at the world map, it would be Ukraine. And there's a little island underneath Ukraine called Crimea. Crimea, there you go. And so, and then there's the Black Sea. And then below that is today, it's modern-day Turkey. Uh, so Galatia is in the area of modern-day Turkey. This is where Paul is set out. This is where... The book of Galatians is written to an area, and it was a little bit bigger in Paul's day, but that area of Galatia. Now, you're going to see other uh, cities you may, uh, or uh, places you may realize, like Cyprus and Crete. Paul was on a, a boat, and he went around these islands up to Rome, right? So that's an area. Lydia, there, that was an awesome lady who made some cool fabrics, right? So that was in the Bible. So there's a lot of different things that you're going to pick up on, but Galatia is a, is a big region. It wasn't just one church in a city. It was a large area with many churches, but Paul's writing, and so most, the, listen, theologians don't um, differ on this. Paul wrote Galatians. There's some books where we're not sure who wrote it, or we have question who wrote. Paul wrote Galatians, and Paul's very specific. He's, he's all through the book, and he's, he's writing to leaders in the churches. In fact, a lot of times when you read Paul's epistles, um, he's writing, he's actually addressing issues in the church. Now, maybe you're here sitting and, sitting and you're like, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of like I have some issues with church. There's a lot of things that happen that I don't like. And listen, the church is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Look, we have issues. He doesn't, all right? But as the church, uh, now, I believe we have the healthiest church on the planet. I'm a little partial, but I, I, I love West Church. I love this church. But listen, we're not always going to get it right, but we're quick to make it right. We're quick to reconcile. We're quick to say, I'm sorry. Uh, but Paul, this is what he did as an apostle, apostles over churches. He would plant churches, and he's over churches, and he's writing. He's bringing correction. He's writing encouragement. He's he's. Uh, writing to the leaders, and, and he's really just that voice piece uh, for the Lord. Now, uh, Paul is a writer. He wrote this around 55 to 56 after, uh, after Christ you know, came to the earth and he ascended into heaven. So around 55 or 56, and we know this because in, Acts, or in uh, Galatians chapter 2, he's actually talking to uh, the Jerusalem council, which was a huge thing that happened. A lot, of, a lot of scholars or historians will know about the Jerusalem council, but there was a huge debate. You'll find it both in Gen uh, Galatians 2 and Acts 15. There was a huge debate over the gospel, the, that the gospel was valid for the Jews and the gospel was valid for the Gentiles. Now, again, if you're new to the Bible, you might be saying, well, what's a Gentile? It's not a Jew, okay? That's it. You're probably a Gentile, all right? And so, uh, but it's not Israel. It's not the Jews. It's not those. It's not the, the, you know, the bloodline of the Jews, uh, but a Gentile. So Paul, when he got saved by the Lord, his one calling was to take the gospel, to take the good news of Jesus Christ and take it to the Gentiles, to go to all those nations outside of Israel, outside of Jerusalem, to Galatia, to Corinth, to Ephesus. That was, that was his main mission, his main thrust, ending with the culmination of him going to Rome. And so that was Paul's calling from the Lord. That was his heart. And he was taking the gospel. Now, by the way, Paul is a Jew. 
Paul grew up through Judaism. He, he knew the law, and you're going to see that through Galatians. You're going to see that Galatians chapter 1 is actually an amazing, amazing message and, and teaching of the gospel. It's beautiful, but it's also a correction of the gospel. And so those are just some history facts. For those of you that like history, I could keep going. We could, we could spend a lot of time just talking about the history of Galatia. But, but let me move on. Galatians chapter 1. I'm telling you in this message that we need to always be ready. Paul writes in another epistle when he's uh, speaking to Timothy. He says, you've got to be ready in season and out of season. You've always got to be ready. And let me just encourage you as believers, as followers of Christ, or maybe you're here today, and today you become a believer. Today's the day of salvation, by the way. And you're going to see that this was so important to Paul, that he, he went to the Gentiles, and it's so important to this church that you know and you have a relationship with the living God. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Now, whether you're online watching, maybe you're at home, you're in your living room, or you're in the room. Jesus died for all. 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul tells Timothy, he says, listen, Jesus' desire is that every person is saved and that every person comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Every person. That's his desire. That's why he died. We have to be ready. Galatians, Paul is defending not only his calling and his identity, but he's defending the gospel itself. Listen, nothing's new under the sun. Ecclesiastes tell us, the wisest man ever that wrote and that God used was Solomon. He said, there's nothing new under the sun. The devil is always going to try to twist and separate the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our world today, it's even more prevalent now. Everyone's trying to change the gospel of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, the only person that can give the gospel the good news is Jesus himself. Amen. Human beings cannot change the gospel. They can try. They can deceive you. They can use their power and their money and their wealth and their position and their stature. But let me just tell you, it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. You have to be ready. I have to be ready. You have to defend your faith, your calling, your gospel. Of course, in grace and truth and in all love. Listen, we're not here to argue and fight and, and let's, let's see who's going to win and who's going to be right and who's going to be wrong. That's not what it's about. Jesus didn't do that either. The church is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. I'm not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. If I ever start preaching some other gospel, you have every right to confront me. You have every right to confront me. You have every right to go to the elders and say, hey, John's saying it's Jesus plus my right arm. Now, that's a funny way to say it, but that's what's happening right here in Galatians. It's Jesus plus. The gospel plus works. The gospel plus something. And the Jews are looking at the churches in Galatia, the Gentile world, and are saying, you can't be saved because, well, you can receive Jesus, you can receive the Holy Spirit, but you also have to be circumcised. Now, for women, they're okay with that, but for men, that's a little difficult, isn't it? That's why I said your right arm, because now it fits to all of us, doesn't it? And that's what's happening in Galatians right now, is 
that the Jews, the leaders, Peter himself is saying, hey, you Gentiles, you can't be saved unless you're circumcised. Yes, Jesus, plus circumcision, then you're saved. Can I just tell you that this is happening in our world today? Now, maybe it's not this, maybe it's not circumcision, but what's the world saying today? Well, all roads lead to heaven. No, they don't. Maybe in your world they do, but not my Jesus. Jesus said, by the way, Jesus said, don't be mad at me. The Lord himself said it, and he's truth. He's always right. He's never made a mistake. He's never sinned. You have, by the way, and I have. So who am I and who are you to change the gospel? All roads don't lead to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Not all religions, Jesus alone. That's it. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And listen, there's going to be people that are going to challenge. They're going to pressure. They're going to have a good argument, a good debate point. But at the end of the day, it's not man that sets theology. It's not man that sets the gospel. It's not man that sets doctrine. It's the Lord himself. But when it comes to the gospel, you've got you've to be ready. You've got to know what you believe. There's a lot of Christians in this world that don't know what salvation means. Now, it's not my job to say whether they're saved or not. I'm not God. That's God's place. But I will say, you and I, everyone in this room, everyone listening, if you're saved and you're a follower of Christ, you have to be ready. You've got to defend your faith. You've got to defend this gospel because the enemy is trying to tear it apart. And when you look at the churches, you'll have fun in your groups today. When you look in the churches all over this world, but specifically, purposely in America, our churches are so divided. I'm not talking about the church under Christ. I'm talking about man church. Man church. Where man dictates what is spoken and what is taught and what is leadership and what is right and what is wrong. It's tearing the church apart. And it's deceptive and it's a lie. You see, Paul, Paul was a great apostle because he didn't ignore the issues. He confronted them head on. He would write letters like Galatians. And here's, here's the second point I want to talk about after the facts is the pressure of people versus God's calling on you. Do you realize that, that people are always going to pressure you? People are always going to try to get you off track. The enemy is always going to try to distract you. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy, especially when it comes to your calling in Christ, especially when it comes to your salvation. Oh, you messed up today. You're not saved. How many of us in this room, and I'll wave my hand as high as possible. I got saved 30 times. Why? Because I was a mess up here. Because the enemy deceived me. And I thought my salvation was based on what I did or getting right or making these decisions or doing works or, uh, you know, who knows? Well, if I would give more, then I can get saved. No, you can't. No, you can't. Ephesians 2 said it's by the grace of God through faith that you're saved. And it's a gift. You can't purchase it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can cut your right arm off all you want. It doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. got to know what you believe, church. This word is living and active. It's here to divide between flesh and blood, bone and marrow, your desires of the flesh and the spirit of God. 
And it's a blessing. Oh, it's a blessing when God teaches you his word. What do you believe? I believe many of you in here are saved. I believe you love Jesus. Let's not just live it out, but let's not the enemy trample on our gospel. Let's not let the enemy trample over our Lord. And by the way, he can't anyway. He has no authority over Jesus, and he knows it. Amen. He has no authority over eternity, and he knows it. Because you know what? He's going to live in, a, in hell for eternity, and he knows it. But we're the hands, and we're the feet. Jesus said we have to go and make disciples, teaching them the gospel to all the nations, making disciples, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's our job. Our job is to protect this gospel, this good news. Look at uh, chapter one, verse one. This is Paul. Now watch this. Watch how much he's, he's got to be ready. He's, he's explaining. Like people are saying things. They're pressuring the church of Galatia. They're saying things about Paul. Watch in verse one. Paul, an apostle, not from men. Why did he say that? Because I'm sure somebody was saying, oh, yeah, Paul, Paul. Yeah, they laid hands on him. He's this man's apostle. Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me, the churches of Galatia, grace to you, peace from God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself, here's the gospel, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the, pre the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse six, look at this. I marvel, churches. These are churches he planted, by the way. These are people that received the gospel from, that received Jesus Christ through Paul's ministry. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you and the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let them be accursed. Paul's saying, look, if I teach any other gospel, you call me to account. And I'm accountable to God for that. Do you know angels preached a different gospel? And what happened? That's what demons are. They were once angels, and they preached a different gospel, and they got thrown out of heaven. How do you think it's any different for us? You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. And by the way, this is the most abundant life you can live. It's a blast living for Christ, following Christ. I understand that there's pressure. I understand that people may say things. They didn't make you. They didn't form you. They didn't call you, as Paul said, from the womb of my mother and knew my name before I was born. Jesus did. They didn't die for you. They didn't go to the cross for you. They didn't take your sins. They didn't break their body so you could be whole again. I'm not saying you don't love people, right? We love God and we love people. But what I am saying is you don't let people dictate what the gospel is or isn't. That's God alone. You see, there's this pressure in our world from people and then, then there's just me and you. I don't know about you, but I was the hardest person on myself. 
I hear a lot of people say, well, when you talk about the gospel, you talk about following Jesus, why they can't follow Jesus. And here's what a lot of people say, why I did some bad things, terrible things. Jesus would not. I can't walk into church. You know, I grew up, my dad used to always say that. I can't go into the church, the walls will fall in. You know, that's never happened before. There was an instance where the church blew trumpets and sang and marched around a building and then they fell down, but it's never been because they've been in the church to receive God that they fell down. It's because God said, shout and worship and they'll fall down. But that gets in our head, doesn't it? I've done too many bad things. I'm too far gone. God doesn't love me. One of the reasons why I love Galatians 1 is because Paul Paul also did some terrible things, terrible things. In fact, I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, and I don't know your life, so please don't take this as the pastor knows all my junk. I don't know your junk, but I know mine. And I remember sitting in these seats just like you were over 20 years ago saying, God, God would not use me. I remember sitting in those seats trying to teeter on, well, I I really want to do that. I know I shouldn't do that. I know God doesn't want me to do that, but I do it anyway. Then I also remember hearing the word saying, that was for me. What do I do with that? You know, God loves it when you're in that place of, that we're a human being that's full of sin, and we hear from a holy God, and it's challenging us. He loves it when you're there. When you're softening your heart, you're softening your neck. You're not stiffened up and and rejecting God. And I've rejected God. You've rejected God. I've done some bad things. You know, Paul, let me read uh, in the same chapter starting in verse 11. Look at what Paul says about his life. He said, dear brothers and sisters, he's speaking to you, by the way. I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source. No one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you, if you're new to the Bible, Paul was walking down the road in Damascus, and Jesus talked to him from heaven audibly. Like, not just Paul heard it. A lot of people heard it. And you know what Jesus said to, God, to Paul? He said, Paul, knock it off. Now, I would love to hear Jesus' voice boomed from heaven like that. But I don't want to hear him say, John, knock it off. That's what he said. And he said, he didn't always say, knock it off. He said, but I'm going to blind you. I'm going to blind you. And then I'm going to send you to ministry school for three years with a man named Ananias. Now, I like the ministry school part. I think we all need that. I've done bad things. Paul goes on to say, you know what? I was like, when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church, I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews, my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him. It pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to to consult with those apostles before I was. Instead, I went into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter. I stayed with him 15 days. 
The only other apostle I met that time was James, the Lord's brother, also a book in the Bible. I declare before God that what I'm writing to you is not a lie. It's not a lie. You know what? I bet, I bet Paul had some people saying, Paul's a liar. Paul's a liar. He's only an apostle because of he's a Jew, and he was in that religious sect called Judaism and the Sadakai, and the, he was part of that group. That's why. Listen, people will say this about you all day long. Well, you're this and you're that. Listen, I love what Paul said. Before I was born, God chose me. God called me. Look, Paul knew his mission. God called me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, and I don't care what people say. They didn't call me. He did. The gospel didn't come from people. It came from Jesus himself. They didn't save me. Jesus did. They're not the Messiah. He is. You see, you got to be okay with being okay, that people are going to reject you. You got to be okay with that even though people aren't ready to accept Jesus, you've got to follow Jesus. You got to be okay with, well, it's not the cool thing to do. No, it's absolutely the cool thing because I'm going to live all eternity with Jesus. I'm not here to fight with you or belabor or win the argument. I'm just saying the coolest thing ever is to live for eternity with the living God. That's what it's all about. That's the gospel. Jesus died for you. I've got too many bad things. No, you don't. No, you don't. I can't sit here and say that I killed Christians, that I put people in jail, that I threw them in prison, that I killed Stephen and I had him stoned. I can't say I did that. But it doesn't matter how great you think your sin is and how minimal mine is. It's all sin, and Jesus paid for it all. He paid for it all. The fact, the truth, the gospel, the good news is, is that Jesus died for you and he wants to save you. His desire is that every human being in this room, online, outside of this room, Putin himself, everybody would receive Jesus. That's his desire. That's his desire. He wants all to be saved, all to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're not too far gone. You haven't done too many bad things. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. He's here right now. You can be saved today. The Bible says today, today is the day of salvation. Why are we waiting? Why? Jesus will come again. Look, the gospel doesn't stop at he died on the cross and he rose from the grave. He's alive today. He's not dead. He's ascended into heaven. He's appeared. When he resurrected, he appeared for 40 days to thousands of people, Christians and non-Christians. To the, to the leaders of the known world, they saw the resurrected Jesus. Then he ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he talked to the Father about you. If you want to receive Jesus today, this is what happens. He goes to the Father. He knows your name, by the way. You're not some number. You're not some afterthought. You're not an accident. He created you. He loves you. He died for you. And he goes to the Father, and I'm going to use my name, put your own. Father, Send the Holy Spirit to John. He's called on my name. He's asked to be saved. And I'm going to forgive him. And I'm going to send him the Spirit of God. That's what happens. And from that day forward, the moment you accept Jesus today, the day of salvation, the Holy Spirit will come. Look, I can't save you. My voice can't save you. My hands can't save you. Only the Messiah can save you. But you've got to surrender. Part of... Part of your faith is you have to confess with your own mouth 
You have to say, Jesus, I repent. I am sorry, and I want you to be Lord of my life. And then you follow. That's your job. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. I'll know my disciples, Jesus says, because they follow my teachings. It's not works. It's love. I am thankful I'm saved. I'm thankful Jesus saved me. And of course, his way is always best for me because he knows me better than anybody. He knows me better than myself. So if God says, look, you don't need that. Don't hang around that person. Guess what? It's good. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, God, you know what I need. You know what's best for me, and I trust you. That's what it means to be a follower, that you let him lead. Yes, you're going to lead in your life, but it comes out of the lordship. It comes out of the word. It comes out of the truth. And the truth will set you free. You're right. It will. You keep following. You keep following. Do you want to be saved today? Today's the day. Online, today's the day. Right here, right now. What do you believe about Jesus? Is he your Lord? Do you believe he died for you? Do you believe that he died for your sins? Do you believe he rose from the grave? Do you believe that he's alive today, speaking, praying, interceding on your behalf? Do you believe today that he's the same God today, tomorrow, forever? I hope you do. You may have questions, it's okay. You may not know everything about this book. I don't either. It's okay. He's much higher than us. He's much wiser than us. You are going to be being sanctified. You're going to be becoming more like Christ every day of your life. Even in eternity, you know, in Revelation, the people in heaven ask Jesus some questions. They're still learning. They're still learning. There's no sin up there, but they're still learning. It's okay if you don't know it all. What's great about it is that you say, God, I'm surrendering it all. And you know it all. And I'm asking you to help me today. That's where it all starts. Why don't you stand to your feet? I just want to pray with you. You know, outside at Info Central or here at the altars or... Um, or you can ask the ushers, I've got some light bulbs. There's a display out there that says new life. And what that means is every time the blue bulb represents 100 people gave their life to Jesus, the white bulbs represent you and me. Today, if you're giving your life to Jesus, or maybe you're coming back to God, maybe you've been running, maybe you're online today and you're watching, God intentionally, purposely put you here and you're ready to give your life to Jesus or come back to Jesus, this is what this is for. You let somebody know out there that you gave your life to Jesus, they're gonna give you a light bulb. And I want you to go to that new life display and I want you to plug it in. And let me just tell you something, when you do, when you plug it in, the lobby is gonna erupt in praise for you. They're gonna erupt in praise, they're gonna clap, they're gonna cheer, they're gonna love and hug you. They are so, so proud of you for this decision. I'm, as your pastor, proud of you, but even more so, Jesus Christ is proud of you. He is proud of you. You know, anytime you give your life to Jesus, there's a celebration in heaven. The Father, the Son, the angels, they throw a party in your name. In your name they do. They are ecstatic for you. They are in love with you. They made you. They created you. And they've called you. There's a calling over your life. Like Paul was called to the Gentiles, I don't know what your calling is, but God does, and he wants to help you with it. Today, everything changes. The Bible says you're a new creation because the Holy Spirit comes and lives and dwells within you. 
things are going to change. Things are going to happen. And that's good. That's good, by the way. It's okay. It's good. But I've done so many bad things. Just surrender. Just say, I'm sorry. And let the Holy Spirit guide you, direct you, correct you, whatever you need. I promise you, it's the abundant life Jesus died to give you. So if you'll just bow your heads, nobody looking around, don't worry about your neighbor online. If you could just, if you're responding, I just want you to stand to your feet or lift your hands, but let us know. You've got to make this orally with your mouth. You've got to confess with your mouth. Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for your sins. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus or come back to Jesus, if that's you, you know it's you. You know God is speaking to you. Would you just lift your hand up and just say, that's me. That's me, Jesus. I, I want you to be part of my life. That's me. Anybody in here, come on. If that's you, just say, I want to be saved today. Today's the day of my salvation. Right here, right now, that's the day. Anybody in this room? Anyone online? I see your hands. Now, church, will you unite with them? Let's confess to encourage them, but let's confess to come around them. And if you are making this confession to Jesus, you got to say it out of your mouth. To say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. God, I am so sorry. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Raising from the grave so that I can have new life. Lord, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for sending your Son. I am yours. I will follow you from today for the rest of my life. I am your disciple. And Jesus, you are my God. You are the Messiah. You are the Lord. I proclaim my love and my devotion to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, give them a big hand clap of praise. We are proud, proud, proud of you. Let me just tell you, somebody in here has never heard their parents say they're proud of them. Well, your dad, your heavenly father just said, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. This church is proud of you. These leaders are proud of you. Remember, it's Jesus that saves you. You are here today because God brought you here. You ordained it. It was purposeful. It was intentional. Everything changes today. It's going to be a new day. It's going to be a new day. Let's worship together. Amen. Let's worship God together. Come on, lift your voice. Praise Him with all that you've got. If this is your first day of salvation, come on, give Him all you got. Let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise.